you have your Bibles with you, will you turn to Psalms 8? Psalms 8. Psalms 8. I am going to read it from the um, King James. I, I love the way the King James read in this. I love the poetic um, sound that it has. Psalms 8. And we shall read verses 1 through 6. Not going to cover all that, but um, it will allow us to get where we are going. Amen. Amen. Psalms 8, verse 1, from the King James read, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens, out of the mouth of bays and suckling, thou hast thou ordained strength because of thy enemies, that thou might have still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the works of thy fingers, the, the moon, the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visiteth him. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and have covered him with glory and honor. Thou madeth him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. We are still working out of this series, Vertical Christianity. Today, I like to bring the thought to you up under that, um, the glory of the cross. The glory of the cross. Father, even now, in the mighty name of Jesus, Thank you for your presence already being manifest in our midst. Thank you for being so awesome in the song and praise and worship section. I ask even now, you give increase to the power of preaching. Hide me behind your Shekinah glory that, Lord, that they will not see me but see you. Speak to the innermost essence of our hearts that we may see the glory of Jesus. Lord, even now, have your way. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I am under the impression that on a constant base, we as the children of God, those that have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light, those that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb, ought to be constantly in awe of God. 
God ought to be blowing your mind on a constant basis. You ought to be seeing a little bit more of him today than you saw yesterday. I love the song, Falling in Love with Jesus. I, I know some people who got some differences with that song because they don't see how you can be in love with God. I don't see how you can't be in love with him. Uh, I don't see how you can actually see his glory, see how awesome he is, see how excellent he is, and not be in love with God. Uh, our, our, our faith is more than that of intellect. Oh, I, I believe that, that, I believe that our, our, our faith is a faith of wisdom. I, I believe that there's intelligence in what we believe. But don't tell me that you can't feel it sometimes. Don't, don't tell me that you don't get moved emotionally sometimes. My Bible tells me that we ought to love him with all our heart, mind, and strength. That means that, that in our praise, in our understanding of him, in our relationship with him, it includes all of us. Not some of us. All of us. I feel sorry for the person who just had an intellectual understanding of my Lord Jesus Christ. Because if that's all you got, I'm afraid that when trouble comes your way, you may not be able to stand the test that is. David, David is writing the Psalms, and I'm sure that he had looked up and saw the moon and the stars many times, but this particular day, this particular moment, this particular hour, he, his, his mind get caught up and he sees it like he has never seen it before. He get caught up and he begin to think about what God has done and say, Lord, you're the one who set the moon in its place, the star in its place, the sun in its place. Lord, I never thought about it like this before, but oh, you are awesome, God. Oh, yeah. I don't think y'all hear me. <laughs> Have, have God ever took something that you have been looking at, but this time when you see it, you see his glory in it? Have God ever took something that was common and made it uncommon, and the next thing you saw, you found yourself giving God praise because you recognized that could nobody do that but God? Has God ever shown you that not only is he the God of yesterday, but he's the God of today. And not only will he work miracles on yesterday, he will work a miracle for you. I, I, I don't understand how sometimes we can sit and listen to songs and hear sermon and sit like we sucking lemons and God's been good to I, I, I think I know I think I know the problem I think that, that, that we need an infusion of seeing more of his glory because let me be honest with you the horizontal get in the way of the vertical 
The horizontal get in the way of the vertical. The day-to-day stuff, the the day-to-day happenings, our emotions, our attitude, folks, people, things, get in our way. Storms, trouble, backache, toe ache, knee ache, 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 ache. Get in the way of us seeing God. Do you realize that God made us for his glory? That we will glorify in him? That the ultimate thing that God has done for human beings was made us in his image? And since we are made in his image, we can uniquely have a relationship with God that nobody and nobody else can have. We are his chief, his chief creation. When God made man, he said, I'm going to make man in my own image. Wait a minute. The reason why I think that we're not shouting, because we don't recognize how awesome God is. If we really stop to think how awesome God is and that we've been made in his image, we will begin to say like, David got a glimpse. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, God doesn't even take time to give an explanation of himself. He just goes to Genesis chapter 1. And it says, in the beginning, which means before time was. Not that time had, because time had to have a start and only before, before it could be time. But God started time. So outside of time, God has always been. So it says, in the beginning, that means when God started time, he spoke, let there be, and there was. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He spoke it, but before he spoke it, he thought it. He did not just speak it, but he spoke it after he put it all together in his intelligence. He knew exactly the distance that the earth needed to be from the sun so that when he made man, man wouldn't burn up or freeze. He knew to set oxygen in the atmosphere so that when he made man lungs, his lungs will have the capacity to breathe in the air that he created. Oh, y'all don't hear me. He knew how much weight to put in gravity so that gravity won't crush us and so that we won't float off the, the face of the earth. He knew exactly how much pressure to put in your vein system that blood could pump through your body and supply your body with the blood sickles that it needed. God knew exactly what he was doing when he did it, and he thought of it before he did it. Then after he completed it, he said, let there be. Uh, I I, I think y'all ought to be shouting a little bit louder. Listen, listen, listen. He started at the end. Went back to the beginning. Then broke out in Genesis chapter 1 and said, let there be. I'm not talking about you saying let it be. I'm talking about God saying let it be. Because when God opens up his mouth, 
something's going to take place. He created everything out of nothing. He just opened up his... You see, you see, you got to understand, according to how big you see your God, that's how big your faith is. And unless you have a correct knowledge of the awesomeness, of the bigness, of the greatness of God, when trouble comes, you may take your eyes off the vertical, put it on the horizontal, and you're going to be all messed up. But I came to say today that regardless what life throws at you, the devil throws at you, your God, our God, is big enough to handle the situation. He's not sweating. He's not worrying. Everything is under control. Every, every, everything. I just want to say this. You better know that. You better put that in the foul cabinet of your mind. You better say it to yourself so that when trouble comes down the way, you can say, Psst. Because that's some things you just got to shake off. That's some attitudes you just got to shake off. That's some folks you just got to shake off. Don't let nobody get so up under your skin that they take your eyes off of God. Nobody. 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 No, 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 nobody. Your God is too big for that. Your God is too I'm just talking about vertical Christianity. But we got to have a presence, a, a presence of God that, that is bigger than Sunday morning. That when you walk out of here to go back to wherever you came from, that your God got to be big enough to handle Whatever it is, whatever is waiting here. That when you go to your job tomorrow, your guy got to be big enough that he's able to keep you in perfect peace though you got demons all around you. you your guy got to be big enough. Dave, Dave, Dave is in awe. Dave asked a question behind after you see, see God go. See, there's no way you can see God's glory and have such a high opinion of yourself. There's no way that, that, that you can really see God's glory and think you better than anybody. There's no way that you can see God's glory and think you're the bag of chip in the pot, too. There's no way you could truly see the glory of God and begin to think that church don't begin until you come. God ought to give you credit for showing up. 
And some, of, and some folks got the nerve to try to command God and tell him what they want him to do. Who told you God was your bellhop? Who told you God was created to serve you? We've been created to serve God. Oh, he does what he want to do when he want to do it and how he want to do it. <laughs> there ought to be a desiring, a desiring to see the glory of God. There, there's something about seeing him that, that you, got, you just want to see more. You begin to say, if he's that good, I, be honest with you. Life will make you that you have to see more. Trouble will make you desperate to see more. Matter of fact, I believe that one of the reasons God allows us to go through what we go through is to create a hunger and a thirst for him. Psalms 42 gives us the example of a deer that has been running from a hunter and, and the deer been running for its life. Is there anybody in here running for their life? I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, if God don't help you, there is no help coming. I mean, I mean, if God don't keep you, it's going to be real ugly when you fall. I mean, I mean, if God don't do it, there's nobody left to do it. Matter of fact, matter of fact if God don't keep you in your right mind, you're going to go crazy and shame on anybody that gets in your way. Am I talking to anybody know what I'm talking about? Because sometimes life will push you to the brink and, and, and you don't know what you're going to do. But you are trusting God that step in right. That the deer was running, the deer was running, the deer was running for its life. It heard the arrow. They saw the hunters. And it's been running, jumping. I mean, dodging, I mean, slipping, I mean, to the place that its tongue is now stuck to the roof of its mouth, and now it needs water. Have you ever been thirsty? I mean, sure enough, thirsty. I mean, the type of thirsty that pop won't satisfy, that beer can't quench. That alcohol can't cure the type of the type of thirst that you need some cold water. There ought to be a spiritual thirst in the body of Christ that if you don't if you don't get some praise on if if you don't get some worship if if you don't get. Understand, folk who can come to church once a week. Hold on, hold on. Once a year. Matter of fact, sometimes once a week. Sometimes once a week ain't enough. But once a year? 
ain't nothing there but a bunch of hypocrites. At least the hypocrites know that God is there. Because when we get together, because when we get together with our issues, with our attitudes, with our mess, that we know that when we get together, something gonna happen. We bring our little bit. We bring our fire, and God is gonna show up. Psalm 27, after he says, one desire, one desire. Listen to God. And I believe that God is still speaking this today. He says, seek my face. What does that reveal to us? What does that reveal to us? What that reveals to us, that God has a greater desire for us to see him than we have to see him. Listen, God's personal desire for you, for me, is to see him. The ultimate purpose for man is to so enjoy God that he surpasses every and anything else. I think that Genesis chapter 3 verse 8 give us a glimpse of it. And it's, it's God as usual come down to have, have, have playtime with Adam and Eve. It's the picture of a mother and father who gather her children to spend time with them, love on them, talk to them, to fellowship with them. Instead of Adam and Eve running towards God this time, they run away from God. How can I say this? You see, parents, the children is an example of God. And if you had a good parent, there was a time in your life that you thought your life lived and died with that parent. When Brent was smaller, a child, he was about six or seven years old, he told me something that, that, that kind of disturbed me. But I guess that's really the way it's supposed to be. He said, Dad, when you die, I want to die. And what he was saying is, Dad, we are so close that in relationship, if you're not around, I don't want to be around. Listen, the truth of the matter is, that's how we should feel about God. That our life is so wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in him, that unless we are acutely aware of his presence, life doesn't have any meaning. I mean, don't get me wrong, the, the, the ice cream of life, the icing of life can get pretty good, but it's not life. What makes life worth living is knowing the Lord. Is there anybody in the house know what I'm talking about? Because let me tell you, 
When we allow anything else to become the essence of life, what you going to do when that person, when that person lets you down? What you going to do when you get a pink slip and the job lets you go? What you going to do when your finances get, you best be holding on to something that can hold on to you. And if everything else fails, that he's able to hold you and bring you through. Job is the oldest book in the Bible. Did you know that? The Bible is not chronologically put together. But Job is the oldest recorded book of the Bible. It is believed that Moses wrote it. Moses wrote the first five books, but he also wrote Job. Somebody said, well, well, how did he know Job? Well, either God revealed it to to him or because there was verbal communication back then. He heard the story, and it was experts at word-for-word communicating because that's how they passed down tradition. So Moses was led by the Holy Spirit to give us the book of Job. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. But but listen to Job. Naked I came into the world. And naked I should die. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Listen to Job. Listen, listen to this faithful Job. He says, he said. I know my Redeemer And one day, I will see him. Wait a minute. Job is saying New Testament and Old Testament stuff before there was scripture. What are you trying to say? What I'm trying to prove to you is God is trying to reveal himself to man more than man is trying to see him. From Genesis to Revelation, it all sums up of God trying to show himself as creator, as God, as sovereign, as in control, as all-powerful, so that our faith can be able to trust what he says. Because only according to what you know about him, true doctrine, true, can your faith stand. When you don't know in whom you believe, how do you trust when the storm comes? When we don't have a proper, intelligent understanding of who he is, how you know you can count on him? Unless you see God from what he says, who he is, and experience. Then experience, because God is always going to back up what he says about himself. Our God cannot lie. So therefore, knowing him as creator, as his creator, he must be ruler. He must.
be in perfect control. He must be. Matter of fact, Psalms 102 says, he said, I am the one who rules the earth. He rules it. He is conqueror. Matter of fact, if God is sovereign, and sovereign means, sovereign means, sovereign means, he is ruler, he is king, he is Lord, he is almighty, because you can't rule without having power. Ephesians 1.11 says, he does everything according to his desire. Listen, this is what he says. Let me, let me help you. He says this. He says, he says, according to my will, it will be done. Can't nothing stop it. Can't nothing hinder it. Can't nothing impede God. There's folks that will have a problem with what I am saying. You know why they would have a problem with it? Because like Job, they would wonder, now why is there so much suffering? Why do we go through what we go through? Why is there evil? Why is there suffering? A question that is posed at every pastor, every preacher, Every theologian. Very, very hard concept. Very, very dark. As a matter of fact, some of the uh, philosophers come up with this according to C.S. Lewis, who was an apologetics. And what he says is that, that he discovered that this is what folks say. God is either all loving or all powerful. He can't be both. Listen, now listen, listen to their thinking. Listen to their thinking. Listen to their thinking. Listen to their thinking. Okay? They said, he's either an all-loving God that can't do nothing about the suffering on earth. Or he's either an all-powerful God who don't care. I, I hate to say it. But if you go through enough tests, sometimes you question. Do you care, Lord? Do you, do, do you see what I'm going through? Lord, do you hear my cry? Are you able, Lord? See, the horizontal can press so hard that the horizontal begins to take precedent over the vertical. Listen. After all that Job went through, and he lost literally everything, and now his body is wrecked with pain, and Satan has made a challenge at God to say, I will make him curse you to your face. I mean, trouble after trouble after trouble after trouble, and, and the devil, key, a key thing is to make Job doubt God. And God allowed it because God knew that above everything else, 
there has to be a love and a knowledge of him that reigns supreme. Did you know your faith can overcome every and anything? The most precious thing that we have in our arsenal is our faith. And let me tell you, your faith will be tested of whether you really believe what you say you believe. So therefore, everything in the horizontal is subject to be tested to make to see if you can hold on to your vertical. Let me, let me say this. Is your vertical strong enough to withstand whatever comes your way from a horizontal standpoint? Because sometimes the horizontal will make you doubt the vertical. I know y'all didn't want me to go here, but we got to go there. <laughs> the awesome thing about Job chapter 38, when God begins to speak, God does not give Job an answer for his suffering. You know what God does? God steps in there and says, okay, let's fight. He said, come on. He said, was you there? Was you there when I created the heaven? And uh, was you there? When I told the ocean to stop right there and the angels started shouting when they saw what I did, was you there? When I placed the stars in the sky and the moon and said, light become, was you there? You know, what, you know what God is really saying? You got to trust who I am above what you're going through. Though you may be going through hell, I got more grace in the hem of my garment to walk you through all the hell you're going through. And at the end of the day, as long as you see me, as I don't want to go there yet. What he said is, I'm God. I'm good. I'm creator. But listen to this. Isaiah 57 says this. He said, I created day, light, and darkness. I created peace and calamity. Huh? I created what you call evil. All these things I did. So, Lord, you created the trouble I'm going through. Yeah? I created it. I allowed it. But at the same time that I allowed trouble to come, I overrode it with my grace. So, though the trouble is coming, I covered it in my grace. So no matter what comes your way, there is grace that holds you. There is grace that keeps you. There is grace. I just want to know. I'm just taking inventory. Is there anybody that's been kept by his grace? Is there anybody that knows that his grace is enough? 
Is there anybody that can say, I'm here today by his grace? If it wasn't for his grace, I would have died. But grace was sufficient. Matter of fact, I believe there's some folks who made it here by the grace. Your circumstance, your condition told you to stay home and have a pity party. But something on the inside said, no, 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 no. I need to praise him. I need to worship him. It's not for him. It's for me. There's some folks you came dragging. Folks, how can I say this? I'm just going to say it. You don't look what you like, what you're going through. If folks knew the trouble you seen, if folks knew the trouble you got, they will look at you in amazement. But you can say without a shot of a doubt, I'm here today by his grace, by his mercy. I'm here today because he's keeping me. I'm here today because I made up my mind. I choose to trust God. Listen. We're almost out of here. We're almost out of here. I am asked some of the hardest questions in the hardest circumstances. I can't explain why we can move from the deathbed of the husband to the deathbed of a wife. I, I, I can't. I can't explain that. I can't explain why the very sister that don't have heart problems died of a heart attack. I can't explain why life sometimes is unfair, unjust, and it just doesn't make good sense. Hold on, and this is the kicker. And the God who can stop it doesn't stop it. The God who can fix it allows it. It don't make sense when I compare that to Jeremiah 29 11, and God says, I know my thoughts concerning you. I know that I have, I have purpose, good and not evil. You know, I think that sometimes what we call good isn't the true measure of good. Because what God calls good is to bring out of us what he put in us. And the only way that he can bring out of us what he put in us is to bring it through the fire. 
And the fire can bring up stuff out of us that looks like Jesus that nothing else can bring out. We can't let the horizontal define how high we're going to go vertical. Don't let nobody or nothing steal your joy. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The, the horizontal gives me happiness. But joy, but joy, unspeakable joy. I mean joy. That joy that comes from something. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Folks are looking for you to crack up. And instead of cracking up, you keep on praising. You keep on thinking. Folks want you to cuss. Instead of cuss, you praise. Folks want you to get to go with that. Instead of going there, you hug them and love them. Now, they know they don't deserve it. You know they don't deserve it. But God looked past your faults and saw your needs. I take, I take folks to the cross. I take them back to the cross. Because at the cross, we see the love of God and the power of God converging at the cross. What you talking about, preacher? How can the love of God and the power of God converge at the cross? I want you to know that because of sin, and God got to deal with sin. But his love caused him not to treat us like he ought to treat us, but to look past our faults and see our needs. Now, the holiness of God says sin's death, sin got to be judged. So you see in Hebrew, God the Son. Because God is a tribune God. What you mean a tribune God? He's a God that has three persons, but he's one God. There's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God the Father is as God. So God the Father was active in creation in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter, chapter 1 verse 2, the Holy Spirit moved upon the earth. So he was active in creation. In Colossians chapter 1, begin, chapter 2, verse 16, said that Jesus created all things and hold all things. Well, which one did it? They all did it. They all did it. They all did it. They all did it. So it's three persons in one God acting upon creation. Here we have in Hebrew, Jesus says to the Father, okay. I'm going to do what they didn't think I was going to do. The devil think he won this thing. Make me a body. Let me become one of them. Let me come down 42 generations, be born in Bethlehem in straggling coat. Let me cry like a baby. Let me, let me get wrapped up in their weakness. Let me go through what they go through. 
Let me be hungry. Let me, let me be sad. Let me be tired. Let me feel the infirmities of those that I love. Let me become one of them. Let Satan test me. I bet you he won't get me. The devil tried his best, but Jesus didn't sin. So the devil said, let's kill him. But the devil didn't know. He fell right into our father's hand. Because when they lifted him up, they lifted you up. When they lifted him high, they lifted us high. When they nailed him to the cross, they nailed the very things that was held against us. The Ten Commandments was wrapped up, tangled up in Jesus. He was so full of righteousness that when he started bleeding, his righteous blood bled on you and I. Oh, you've been touched by the blood of Jesus and the righteousness of Jesus has made you whole. Wait a minute. At the cross, the love of God and the power of God convened. The love of God held him there. The love of God let him give up the ghost. The love of God kept him in the grave three days. But the power of God, the power of God, the power of God walked in that tomb and said, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost started creating again. And that which was dead got up with all power in his hands. When he got up, we got up. When he got up, the church got up. When he got up, we got up. Watch this. Then we're going home. Uh, he was willing to do that on the cross for you. Isn't he willing to keep you through whatever life throw at you? Hold on. If he was willing to give up everything to save you, then won't he give you what you need to go through what you're going through? I mean, if the power of God was in the resurrection, then isn't the power of God extended towards us to give us power to go through whatever life throws at you? And if he don't remove the trial, he'll give you power to go through the trial? When the devil think he got you, won't God lift you? When the devil think you're down for the count, won't Jesus step in, pick you up, pull you out, rock you to sleep? Won't Jesus do it? Hasn't he done it? 
time and time and time and time again. If he done it once, he'll do it again. If he did it back then, he'll do it today. If he'll do it today, he'll do it tomorrow. Don't tell me what my God won't do. He'll keep you. He'll rock you. He'll make you. He'll fix you. The devil can't handle you. When you know you can't in the midst of stand flat-footed. Say, yeah, I may be going through, but hallelujah in the house. Hallelujah in the house. If you can't say a word, just. He's able. He's able. He's able. He's able. Jesus is able. Right now, he's able. 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 I know he is. I know he is. He's able. The church ought to be those who can stand in the middle of and say, my God, my Lord, my Savior, my Redeemer, my Deliverer, he's able, he's able, he's able, he's able, he's able. There's power in the name. There's power in the name. There's power in the name of Jesus. Vertical Christianity. You keep looking up. You keep looking up. Mess gonna happen. Folks gonna go crazy. Folks gonna get an attitude. You keep The cross was lifted up that all men should look to him and be saved. But do you see the glory of it? Where you say, I see God in that. And if he's in that for me, then he's in everything concerning me. And he works all things together for my good. Don't know how. Don't know why. But if he was in that for me, then he's in everything for me. And I just got to keep looking I don't know where you are today. But God knows where you're at. 
And there is grace. There is mercy that is abundant and overflowing with your name on it. Because nobody can get what's yours. Nobody. Nobody. But you got to come get what's yours. You got to claim it. You got to come get it. And the only way you can come get it is come to Jesus. And he will no wise cast you out. Oh, he's able. There's a room full of folks who know he's able, who has testified that he's able. Today, you ought to try me. Today, you ought to see that the Lord is able. Today, I got preachers that will pray with you and talk with you and will show you the way into Jesus. If you're here today, don't let nothing or nobody hold you back. As, as we stand, as we stand and as the choir comes. Come on. If you're here, you don't have to be alone. You don't have to be by yourself. He's more than enough to handle you, to keep you, to lift you, to fix you, to love you. He died for you. And if he died for you, won't he do everything else? Leave you